In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> HBP, History Bros Podcast, on the air, ready to go once again, and let me tell you something. Today was a big day, January 17th, 2021. You'd think it would have something to do with national politics. No, it probably should be national news, but for the first time in 18 months, almost 19 months, I, Jason Rood, laid Mm -hmm. eyes physically upon... (laughs) Brian Geldmacher and I shook his hand and then immediately immediately I sanitized I sanitized so Brian was aware that you were watching him at this point yes this was not a stalking (laughs) job this was a we saw each other we gave each other the head nod we shook hands we said it's great to see you and then we turned around and left right away yeah, but was it was it a head nod or was it one of those kind of like you know you just kind of jerk your head yeah the chin the chin jut yeah it was the uh, hey I know that guy so yes no this was completely planned now have you ever noticed that when um you know if you know somebody and you kind of nod down you know it's like you know there's there's two different ways you're either your chin either goes kind of up or down depending on if you know the person there's i've actually noticed that when i Mm. It's it's, yes. it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but um, I nothing we need to, I don't want to break into the whole story about you giving uh, Brian your meat, but um, mm. it was, mm. uh, you know, just wanted to say that was something that um, I've, I've. Okay. Um, so yeah, Brian and I met up today because Brian bought some uh, uh, half a pig for my father-in-law and I brought that yep. meat down and we uh, let <clears throat> Brian have his pork product Yes, and he took it home, and he's going to have pork steaks tonight. I think uh, we're not, but <laughs> I do have a package of bacon in the fridge, uh, thawing for tomorrow morning. So outstanding, going to be great. Outstanding, you're going to love it. It's good stuff. Now, how, how much? Uh, how much meat? Oh, uh, I'm not even sure how much uh, it was. Uh, Forty, fifty pounds, give or take. Maybe. Yeah, like ridiculous. Good God. Okay. It's let's just say it's enough for what he needs. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we are. If we add anything else to the uh, deep freeze, we're going to we're going to have to buy a different deep freeze because there's more room. All right. There it is. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, it, well, here's a plug. If you ever need meat and live <laughs> semi close to Iowa, get a hold of the history <laughs> bros and we might consider delivering meat to your ne- neck of the woods. Or There you go. Yeah. So. Now, big uh, yeah, big plug for my father-in-law. He does a good job raising the pigs. So, um, yeah, gotta give credit where credits due on that. Anyway, yes, there's been uh, plenty of other notable things going on, and as I suspected, uh, we were going to see the um, disintegration. I'm going to use say of the um, the shock and denunciation of what happened at the Capitol turned into the typical political squabbling and justifications that mm. things always turn into. We can talk about that. A little bit. 
I know, but but I have something that's a bigger thing, and I, I just I have to ask. Okay, are you guys as annoyed as I am about all of the mis or misspellings of the word capital? <laughs> as I am, it drives me insane. No, I thought it was it was important to note that um, a lot of people stormed uh, currency. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. You didn't know that that wasn't a thing. Um, well, I mean, obviously they were socialists. <laughs> um. Here's the problem. Like, so on a serious note on this, people say, oh, whatever, it's just grammar. You know what? If you want to be taken seriously, spell it mm-hmm. right and use mm-hmm. decent grammar, and then I'll take you seriously. Oh, oh please. Like King George III was really going over the Declaration of Independence with a fine-tooth comb. I, I'm sure that Jefferson had a couple of, you know, tuzz instead of the, you know, that kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff happens. I get a few here and there, but like not knowing. Is it inalienable or unalienable? I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but when people say should of like OV or OF, excuse me, should of, no, it's should, should of, as in should apostrophe VE or should have. Quit spelling stuff out phonetically if you want to sound smart. I'm sorry. Well, that's I one mean, of my big if rants. If medium is a written medium, then, I mean, you're kind of nitpicking. Seriously? You, you seriously okay with people having terrible, terrible? Of course not. Of course <laughs> not. Okay, thank you. Good. But every time I point something like that out, like I'll do like a asterisk and then I'll like um Oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah, and yeah, and then that's when it's like, <laughs> oh the, the elite liberal whatever's here, you know, the grammar police, and it's like, well Yes, I'm a teacher and that it matters. Yes. At least you're not doing your entire post in all caps. That's, that's true. true. One thing. So anyway, um, I want to move on. So, I've got some questions. Yeah. I've got some questions. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Did you have a, a topic you want to bring up? Well, I mean, this has obviously <laughs> been a lot to discuss. It is. With, um, you know, I've been talking about it with uh, with the kids. And, ah, so uh, as things progress in you, class. So you're heading right to where I've got for the questions I've written. Then. Good. Well, the Ford's Theater thing that they, I think we may have talked about this the last time. Yep. Yeah. Where um, were you this week? Where was what? They had another one this oh. week, and I was there, and you guys weren't. Well, because That's I correct. was there the first time, and you guys weren't. So nah. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. I haven't been no. to either. So hmm. I wish you loved America, Brian. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but you know, I was kind of surprised by the number of people who were either told—not ne- maybe not necessarily told—but uh, kind of um, encouraged not to discuss the events with their kids for various reasons. And I mean, I understand that you could potentially slip into uh, dubious political waters when you do that. But um, I think if you kind of stick to what's, you know, I guess I want to say just the facts of what it is and, and you refer to certain things as allegations. I think that, you know, yeah, it's, you know, possible so to go on I know that. That the, the new yorker for example posted a uh, a video to i think it was it today mm-hmm. of one of their um reporters uh inside you know kind of what was going on with Is the video the, and the it's, lady from cnn 
Uh, this is, let me see who know the, uh, the New Yorker. This was, um, Luke Mogelson followed okay, Trump. No. <clears throat> there's a lady that, was, uh, there's a, there's a female journalist from CNN who was there with, uh, the, uh, I don't remember his name. The guy who, uh, oh goodness. He's been in the news the last couple of days. What's his name? Um, with the horns no 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 the oh now i'm really gonna feel like an idiot uh baby fish mouth baby fish yes. mouth that, that's gotta be it let me look hold on you're talking about a reporter yeah there was a, a cnn reporter who was uh uh in the capitol with a guy who has been in the news recently um hold on let me see if i can find it <clears throat> Nope, not that. Like uh, as a as part of the. Well, the, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. It's it's really odd to. I, I don't really know. Uh, well, this was a, well, while you're looking that up, this was a Luke Luke Mogelson, who is, I believe, a, a reporter for the New Yorker, and they had a a video um, where they basically kind of followed it, you know, as it went in and. There were some people that were there saying, like, you know, there's a, you know, obviously the pictures of people going up there and sitting in, um, in the, um, I guess it was the Senate, uh, the Senate chair. Um, I guess in that particular case, it would be the president or who's presiding over the Senate. Um, and um, there were people saying, hey, you know, that's not your chair. That's the vice president's chair. We need to be respectful. But then you had people that were literally rifling through the desks of the people in the Senate. And one, one, one thing that was kind of interesting was um, they were taking pictures of uh, Ted Cruz's papers in his chair. Mm-hmm. And one of them was saying, look, he was going to, um, he, there's, here's his paper where he's going to protest the votes of Arizona. See, he was going to sell us out. And they're, they're like, no, 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 no. That's what we want. And he was like, Oh, <sighs> Oh yeah. Yeah. never mind. That's right. That's right. And I was just kind of like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And um, it was pretty harrowing. They have another um, article um, that's going to be released in print on in, on January 25th, but they have it online now called Among the Insurrectionists, which uh, is a pretty harrowing um, report that, um, that they took about, you know, following it from the, um, the rally that took place outside the White House to there, but... Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know who were, did you, were you able to find who you were? Yeah. Talking about? Um, so apparently CNN journalist, uh, her name is Jade Sacker. I don't know. I've never heard of this woman before, but apparently she was disguised as a member of the, <clears throat> we'll call it insurrection. Cause that's what we've been calling it. Um, and she marched in or was, or had met with uh, a guy named John Sullivan. Mm. who is a uh, this website calls him a black lives matter member i'm not sure if they've officially claimed him um but he he's uh he's one of those guys that um has been like the only person that has been identified as not being a trump supporter at this or you know whatever supporter at this uh at the events um and it's just it's odd like i can i can it's it's just a weird thing like 
you're a member of the media, but you're there, but you disguise yourself to be there. I don't know. It's all, it's just very strange. Um, and the fact that she's with this, uh, this John Sullivan guy, and then they well, later appeared on CNN with Anderson Cooper kind of explaining the whole process. It's just, it's even more surreal. Well, like it, if I could, if I could interject, <laughs> what could possibly have been a reasoning uh, given um, Trump's rhetoric against CNN uh, warranted or not, um, I think to have someone to go around with like, you know, CNN credentials could have potentially been, kind of dangerous especially given what they did to the oh, i'm not saying she needed to wear the cnn jacket but you know i mean right right but <laughs> that's, that's what i'm thinking is that if she was trying to disguise herself or whatever then that could have been uh, a possibility but yeah, i mean like she wasn't walking around with a cameraman i mean she was just there you know mm. like cell phone style did she have part of uh, Nancy Pelosi's like uh, office door <laughs> and stuff like that? And I I don't know, and I haven't seen enough of this video to to be able to make an, uh, any sort of speculate you know speculation as far as you know what the deal is. But I just find it strange that you know because I don't know whatever. It's well, fine. I mean, it's just another one of those things that popped up over the course of the last couple of days. I was like, well, that's that's odd, but whatever. Well, I mean, there that can be read any number of any different ways as far as, and I apologize, somebody's plowing right outside the uh, the studio here, so that's what the scraping noise is. There's no goats <laughs> dying or anything like that, but, you know, uh, we can re- read into a million of those things, oh, sure. and, oh, and, and every one of them can be read into a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing. I, I want to co- come back to the idea of, talking with uh with the students in a little bit because mm-hmm. uh what hatfield said and not hatfield not your opinions but what they they said to you that you relayed to us i really angers me um but the first question that i had for everybody here uh you know there's been more information coming out about more coerced effort uh being made into this insur- insurrection whatever you want to call it what are your thoughts about this information that maybe there were you know, potentially um, Congress people involved in helping with the planning or uh, some of the other uh, uh, stuff coming out about potential uh, cooperation of Capitol Police uh, or other other information that's come out suggesting this was more organized than maybe first that it first appeared. <laughs> I know it's. Is that a lion in the background? <laughs> Did I not just explain? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm sorry. No, um, uh, I, the thing, I think it's important to discuss the events that are going on. I think it's, it can be interesting to, to present potential hypotheticals as long as you understand that they are just hypotheticals. Are you talking about talking with students? Because that's not where I'm going right now. Okay, then maybe I misunderstood your question. So what I'm asking about is your thoughts on the information that's coming out about this being a more organized effort um, than previously. Based on what we were just, what I had said earlier, I thought you meant talking uh, to students about it. No, I want to come back to that in a little bit. I'm sorry about that. No, Um, I'm just in your thoughts right now. Well, I, you know, there, there's a lot of allegations that are coming out. And I think that, first of all, 
I have a feeling that there, it's going to be worse than what we expected, but I, I like a friend of mine on uh, social media earlier today had posted a picture of, um, it was like, it was, you know, it was kind of like in a meme, but it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was like, here's um, this Republican senator showing, you know, this group of people, and some of them have been arrested already. Um, so, it, you know, because there's some allegations mm-hmm. that they were kind of doing dry runs with certain protesters. And immediately I did a research into it, and that was false because that was actually outside a different Capitol. It wasn't the Capitol building in D.C. Um, and so I just did like a little, little fact check kind of post on there saying this isn't correct um, because there's going to be it's it's with how dangerous, arguably, on so many different levels that this event was that took place last week. Um, it's I think it could arguably be worse to try and inject. I mean, part of the reason why this happened was based on misinformation. Sure. So you're saying it's too, and I think, so are you suggesting, and and, and I get it if you are, um, that maybe it's too early to start talking about what could, what it could have been. Well, I mean, it it could have been anything. That's what I mean. But I mean, it's like, right. And I mean, and it's fun to kind of discuss, you know, what about isms, not what about isms, but like, um, (laughs) like, um, potential theories and allegations speculations thank you but um i just i kind of feel like (sighs) i mean if you want to talk about you know the necessity of you know impeaching and all that kind of stuff we can certainly do that which i will get to that in a little bit (laughs) I, i do i just i with everything that went down, misinformation, rush to judgment, all that kind of stuff, I feel like is exactly what we don't need to do. That's a fair statement. That's an absolutely fair statement. Let it be investigated right. and get facts rather than rush to judgment based on a small piece well, of. I mean, there's a ton of people that have been a ton of people have been arrested, you know, already. Mm-hmm. I think like eighty some odd people, I think, have been arrested in this process. Right. And a lot of people, if you watch some of the videos, a lot of them are claiming even to the police as they're doing it, that they were there because Trump had sent them and all that kind of stuff. And so, but the thing that kind of, that keeps popping into my head and you can't just casually dismiss this is that these people undoubtedly believe that what they were doing was a patriotic act to defend this country. Right. Um, now you can argue the effluvia of it. You can argue the whether it was uh, you know the misinformation that kind of stuff. But this was a, a dangerous act perpetrated by people who genuinely felt like they were doing something on behalf of the country, which is they thought ironic. They were, yeah, they thought they were doing the right thing. Mm. Right, but. And I'm not trying to give them a pass because what was what happened was absolutely horrific. Right. And it's, you know, I like I said, I posted that Onion article about how um, was it the Croatian military had sent, you know, people over for peacekeepers, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. in, 
And, you know, that's not entirely you hear about this kind of stuff happening in those kind of countries. You don't expect it to happen here. Right. But you've got a lot of people who, you know, don't read out or don't try to listen outside their own echo chambers. And then this kind of stuff winds up happening. Um, so, yeah, we could, you know, speculate as to that this was a coordinated attack or whatever like that. But I just kind of feel like I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. I get what you're saying, uh, Jason. You're you're saying that maybe it's best that we make sure that we've got uh, proven fact to go off of rather than speculation and letting um, you know theory expand into something we can't necessarily fathom. Right. Did we lose him? No, I'm here. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I just feel like it's. I've been going through so many aspects and kind of reflecting and, you know, going through so many things that it's like, I mean, there's so many different rabbit holes to go down <laughs> and I think it could, you know, I don't know. I mean, if it were coordinated, then, oh yeah, it's, it, it's stuff's going to hit uh, an industrial size fan. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't I don't want to I don't want to to go down paths that I feel like led these people down the path that they went down if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh Brian, your thoughts or if there's anything different, I guess. No, I I I kind of feel the same way. Um uh, cuz uh speaker Pelosi came out and kind of said kind of hinted at the that whole people were giving tours as kind of a preparation. I am not, I am absolutely not going to buy into that until someone says, yeah, that that's what we were doing. Um, I just, I don't find that to be valuable uh, if it's mere speculation. Um, I think all you're doing is, is uh, if, if, if the purpose of that is to, Fact fine, great, but it just it doesn't come off that way, um, and I I don't like that. So I I agree with Hatfield and that it needs. I, I'm almost to the point where it just needs to. Um, I need I need the investigators to tell me what they found, and then and then we'll go. Because there's not. I mean, we've gotten to the point now where I mean, you can't speculate anything because. Everyone is so polarized. They feel like, oh, well, then you must think this or, oh, no, you don't mean you mean you're going to give these people a pass or uh, and I'm not I'm not prepared to well, engage in that kind type of stuff. And, and I think the bigger not issue, that you guys would, but I mean, right. just in general. But I think the bigger <laughs> issue as far as all of this goes is um, and, and I will put a certain I, I, I am going to put a lot of blame on. Uh, Donald Trump in this case, uh, the, the, the news media has been made out to be nothing but liars and that you can't basically you, uh, told, uh, he, and I will say Donald J. Trump has told the people, you can't trust anything coming out in the news unless essentially, unless it's positive about him, um, is essentially the message that's been sent out. He's demonized, um, you know, the, the New York Times, well, sort of the New York Times, certainly CNN, <laughs> 
Oh no, to, he's definitely vilified the New York Times. To, no, to be right. fair, I didn't trust I didn't trust ninety percent of media before he told me not to. So no, whatever. But the, but <laughs> and that's fine. But the bigger problem is we don't we as a country have decided not to trust those sources. And the biggest issue is now we oh, have gotten to the point. We as a country. Now, let's not let's not say we as a country. Because right. there are new sources yeah, that's, that I do. I do look I look I do look to. I, I I distinctly try to find sources that I feel um are even keel. Um mm-hmm. I try to look at But that's you, that Hatfield. Are, that's you. You, well, you, you, you well, I know that. I'm just trying I'm just trying to say when you're saying that we as a country okay. have not begun to trust the media, I disagree. I said there are some that are obviously there are many on both sides, both sides of the aisle. I, I, I don't um, I mean, I don't know what it's like in North Carolina, but where I live, all you ever hear is the media can't be trusted. The media can't be trusted. And that's well over half the people where I live are saying that. And like, did, did, it bears uh, understanding what they mean by first what they mean by media. I mean, is it TV media? Is it print media? Is it? literally all media i doubt that it's literally all media no because they don't want it to be social media because that's the media that they like to to get their information from because that's their own their own words and of course nobody wants to believe well, that they're wrong it's a natural well, I, thing i mean i mean we i think it's i think it's pretty i don't know maybe i'm stepping <laughs> to another minefield or whatnot but <laughs> Donald Trump has vilified the media since he, he took office. Um, and, and a lot of that, I feel, um, has to do with the fact that he wants to he, he wanted to control what the message was. And so there right. was a lot of you can't trust anybody but me. Right. Coming from him. And even if the polls were against him, they were fake polls. But then he would promote polls that were actually in favor of him. So it was like, right. Every poll is fake. Oh, but here's a positive poll. So it was it was a lot of like flip flopping uh, on, you know, and then there was that whole God, that whole debacle with him and Jim Acosta early on where he had revoked Jim Acosta's credentials. And there was this, you know, huge thing, which was kind of a little frustrating because I don't think reporters should try to be part of the story, but, um, or, you know, yeah, I'm not whatnot. sure Acosta did, did himself any favors either, but, but it, well, the whole situation no. was terrible. Yeah. And you did have, you know, Trump that would promote, I mean, I mean, think about it when he first started his, his very first thing was that more people watched his inauguration than anybody else's. That was like the first, <laughs> stance that he was right out of the gate and it was like seriously this is what we're going to be focusing on you know right. on, i mean like, they had huge press conferences to try and prove this and you know so he has vilified a lot i mean he's 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 promoted fox news or he's vilified them depending on if they've supported him or not jason kind of as you were saying he has been a big supporter of the, you know, OAN, the One America Network, which is decidedly partisan. Um, sure. uh, I think Newsmax, which is, you know, another one that it leans decidedly to the right. And I think it's I mean, he he's turned vicious on people who have spoken ill about him. Right. And but the problem so, is the, the problem is you as 
a history teacher, social studies teacher, you as uh, somebody who has uh, a, a, you know an advanced degree, have learned the importance of fact checking and and understanding context and uh, credibility and, and all that. But to a growing number, and I'm saying this straight up, a growing number of Americans that either never was learned or is dismissed be- because of what has gone over the last however long you want to talk, the eroding but, of the but, trust in in the truth. And so yeah, what I'm saying the, is the, you can't the, trust what the truth is. I, I should say you, it's not that you can't trust what the truth is, but there's been doubt put in so much information that comes out that nobody, it, very few people are able to determine what is truth and what is not truth anymore. That's but, what I'm saying. But that's, but the point, but the thing is, and maybe I'm Eve, but, but the thing is, is that the people, they should have critical thinking skills. They should want to pursue, you know, facts. I used to debate people all the time online because I distinctly thought that they did not want to be factually incorrect. And I came to understand that that's not the case. No, they, they, want want to be, to, they want agreement they want the majority right. of the time. Right. But the thing is, is that regardless of, I mean, people are going to be led astray. Um, so, you know, regardless, of, I mean, they should have, they should want to have critical thinking skills. They should have critical thinking skills. And in utopia, but they I do. Kind of feel, well, but I kind of feel like in the grand scheme of things is that they, you should have a better caliber of leader. That shouldn't be trying to let lead people astray, I guess, is the point. I mean, and I know that's naive. I know <laughs> that's a completely a ridiculous assertion. Well, we've, but I mean, you sh- but you should want to say, OK, what I did here was wrong and what I did here was good. And, you know, no one is perfect. You know, if angel if what angels were men, then, you know, government wouldn't be necessary. Right. We've had this discussion before, too. We've had this, you know, we're looking at it through the glassy eyed history teacher perspective, you know, oh, in a perfect world. But unfortunately, we don't live in that perfect world. But you're right. We should expect more from our leaders. Um, But again, we're looking at it through this glassy eyed, what we would like to see as the quote unquote ideal America. And unfortunately, that you know, something that we can aspire to, but I mean, I don't see it happening in the next 50 years. <laughs> if we Truth can't like, get well, people to care enough to spell capital right, how the heck are we going to get them to care enough to go out and check information? Correct. And get you know, information? If, if, if people <laughs> suck at spelling, okay, that's something I get it. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a genius at math for crying out loud, but I, but the thing is, is that, Like, for example, when, you know, uh, in the 2016 election, you know, it was Clinton and um, and Trump. And I remember Clinton was in uh, she was having an interview on NPR and they were pointing out the fact that she um, at one point did not support gay marriage. And she got defiant and was like, you know, you're just trying to smear me. And I, I don't exactly remember what it was, but she, it got like embarrassingly 
like aggressive. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say that you know, oh, she's a woman, so she was getting all uppity. I wasn't not trying to say that, but it was like there's 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 literal recorded evidence of interviews <laughs> with you saying this kind of stuff. And it's not an attack. It's just. You know, would you care to address or, hey, don't you remember when you said this? You know, it's not I mean, I don't know if they were treating it as an attack, but. Well, well, people make mistakes. People change over time. People, you know, they they adapt. They hopefully they get new information and then research that information and replace the old information with that. Usually I would hope. But, you know, <laughs> but uh, people typically, you know, some of the some of the. um you know, Trump or Clinton or, you know, there's been other people that have said certain things that could easily be proven wrong or that they were, you know, that that's not exact. That's not what happened at all. And instead of just trying to act like we're stupid and don't know it, you know, right. fess up to it or explain what your change of heart was or something. But I don't know. I kind of feel like we're at a we're at a pretty big crossroads. Yeah, it's- it's I, I, and I I'm usually extremely cynical. And when actually when I saw the video of um, <laughs> bring up Nancy Pelosi again, uh, when I saw the video of this her 60 minutes interview, I guess it was last week um, where Leslie Stahl pressed her on obstructing um, coronavirus stimulus packages she uh, that's the first thing I thought of was that Hillary Clinton uh, interview because that's what it sounded like. Instead of just saying, well, it's complicated and, and, you know, we both sides push and pull on certain things. She was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of you did. Because like, both sides did. I'm not sure why we can't just say, oh, well, you know, even if you have to pacify somebody and say, well, it's a push and pull and, you know, things happen, unfortunately. She was like, she she got very aggressive with Leslie Stahl. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. And. It's the, the that Hillary Clinton interview was the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Um, but again, it's it's you. It, I think it's the fear of it's the fear of the side that accepts us not accepting us because God forbid she made a mistake. You know, God forbid she might have done something wrong. Just say, you know what? Yeah, that was a stupid move on my part. We're right. here now, but let's that, let's do this now. But let, <laughs> let's go back to 2004 uh, when you're, now we're talking Bush and um, oh, so he was Secretary of State under Obama, uh, John Kerry, and John okay. Kerry got accused of being a quote unquote flip flopper, and that was the big knock on him because he changed his mind. So the thing is, it doesn't matter what you do. Your political opponent is going to flip it and spin it against you no matter what you do. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I agree sure. with you guys both and say, yeah, let's let's just be honest, as honest as we can in politics. If we have to come out and say, you know what, that's politics. Um, it's been going well, on for years. OK, fine. Uh, but at least you're being honest with me that that's politics and that it, there's gamesmanship. But like you like you guys said, to come out and just say, no, 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 I didn't do that. That's not what was going on. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, but it clearly but, it was. <laughs> but let, let's but, you know, the thing is, is that when, you know, people talk about, you know, Trump, uh, you know, passing on misinformation, you you can have people will say, that will go, well, what about this person? 
And I mean, and we can go down the path of, well, yeah, all politicians will tell a lie and, you know, and, and that's we we should aspire to somebody that is ultimately better. But I do think that to try and compare Trump saying that you can get cancer from the sound of windmills versus, you know, in granted, you could say a lie is a lie is a lie. But um, I mean, we should aspire to somebody that's much greater. And the thing is, is that even like John McCain, when he ran for office, he was a moderate until he ran for office and then. You know, they try, the both parties try to pull their 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 uh, candidate so far to their side mm-hmm. that it almost broke McCain. I think because he sounded crazy because he was trying to sound very extremist in some of his views, and he's and he wasn't right. Um, and so for him to. You know I, them, and I was kind of like, "What? What? What does he think? What is he talking about? That doesn't sound like John McCain at all." And that's and I'm a, not trying to say that he was a saint either. But and, I mean, know, that sounds like an indictment of the. I mean, not that you're attacking, but it sounds like, and I use the word indictment because I. It sounds like you're indicting the political parties more yes. than the politicians themselves. Yes. Oh, don't get me started on the political yes. party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's that's well documented on those podcasts. The thing is, um, this is not a. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It, it just that uh, um, I, I would I would tend to say that it is more so the political parties at fault than the politicians, because all the politicians are doing is bowing to what the party wants or needs or asks of them. And now the politicians could have a spine and say, that's ridiculous. I'm and just going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to go out there and, and be truthful. But the party, you know, oh, my God, they have analysts and people who have done this for decades upon decades who say, if you say this, you're, you know, you have a 75 percent less chance of receiving this number of votes. And it's not it's even like that. Um, if you do this, we won't put our money behind you and you're not getting reelected. Well, that too. <laughs> that I think that's what it is. It's like we have all this money, mm-hmm. which I I kind of feel like um, I know I, I kind of feel like a lot of this stop the steal thing was in an effort to raise money. Yep. Um, no, I don't know. And, and that I, I I kind of feel like we start we start looking we start pulling the curtain back as to what exactly led to. Um, I mean, we could argue whether or not, you know, either Trump knew the truth and he was spreading false information or whether he actually believed the information he was spreading to be true um, without, you know, either way, that's kind of why you have a staff. Hopefully someone's going to be there to go, whoa, 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 <laughs> you're not going to get cancer from sound. I'm just letting but at you the know. Same, but at the same time, and, and I'm sure, again, I'm absolutely not giving a pass to Trump. At the same time, on either side, someone's already crafted an email, a fundraising email saying, did you hear what he said? Yep. You know, that's already done. It's already out before he's right. darn near before he's done closing his mouth. Um, I mean, that's where it's, that's where a lot of the issues lie. I mean, Again, I not giving I Trump mean, a pass. Well, I am, you know, I'm registered independent. And I mean, I may have, you know, I may lean to one particular side or to another, but I, I try to kind of be, I used to be much more of a firebrand until I started realizing, you know, both of these sides kind of suck. 
Mm. But once it got to, well, once, you know, some of the, the, you know, once we got around to the um, 2016 election, it was, uh, or leading up to it, especially with the primaries for the uh, Democrats um, with, you know, I hate to say it, but the, the WikiLeaks stuff that came out about the DNC and Bernie Sanders and stuff like that, it was infuriating because Mm -hmm. you kind of say, you know, I don't know how to put it, but it's like you're watching, you know, when you're watching a movie, there's usually good guys and bad guys. And sometimes you watch a movie where both sides have good and bad qualities. Mm -hmm. And then you got to a point where you realize, wow, I'm not rooting for either of these sides right now. And this is all (laughs) I've got to choose from. And it was um, kind of a little, frustrating in that but it's just i i kind of feel like that we've settled too much into sports politics um, oh sure yeah where my side even if my side does the same thing your side does my side's good and your side's bad right um, right and you know i think that we've become too like even if you read the declaration of independence uh jefferson says that you know history shows that human nature is willing to suffer as long as the injuries are sufferable. So right. regardless of what the situation is, you know, people will bear it instead of try to, you know, affect change. And you kind of think, okay, well, let's see who the candidates are this time around. Yay. Hopefully <laughs> it's going to be somebody inspirational and it winds up being not. Right. And we've, then I mean, you have, We've seen yeah, several ahead. election cycles, several election cycles um, where I, you see the interviews with people, you know, that's the man on the street interviews where it's, well, I'm certainly not going to vote for this person. So I guess I have to vote for this person. And that's absolutely not what it should be. But yet we're faced with that for, yeah. for count the number of election cycles. You know, I'm not going to pigeonhole anybody. I'm not going to point anybody. You know, it's not, it didn't start here. It, think about it i mean no matter how old you are how long has it been that way i don't remember it being as bad as um no it's gotten worse it's gotten worse over the last couple of election cycles um but yeah i mean really uh but i can tell you that i I mean i remember seeing these interviews going for as far back as uh uh i mean gosh probably what 2000 maybe so oh, you go I back mean, to 20 years. michael dukakis and what was done to hit done to him in, oh sure the i mean there's election. dan quayle you can you know you bring him up and i mean that's that's going back to, uh i mean that's god that's what over 30 years now mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's more than just a couple of election cycles and i mean the radical radicalization of people after they get in, into office is also not a new thing. Um, you go back to Herbert no. Hoover. Herbert Hoover and FDR were very good friends back in the day. And in fact, FDR thought about running in 28 and wanted Hoover to run as his vice president. Mm. Um, and actually, the Democratic Party had thought about approaching Hoover to run, I, be- I believe is how that went down. And by the time it was all said and done, four years later, after he'd been blamed for the Great Depression um, and villainized that way, he wanted nothing to do with the Democratic Party. Mm. So, I mean, it's 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 an age old thing. Politics are, are politics and 
a lot of these things that we say, gosh, it was never this way. Well, that's just because we don't read about that enough. And it's not, <laughs> you know, the popular, the, the popular history section in at Barnes and Noble, you know, the popular section is the world war two books and you know, <laughs> the, uh, that stuff. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward us here just a little bit to a different topic because I want to go on a rant. Is it okay if I go on a rant? Oh, oh boy. Hatfield, are you ready for a pat- patented Jason Rude rant? rant? Um, let me buckle up. Okay. Put my crash helmet on. Okay. You're okay. Good. You ready? <laughs> All right. So the earlier and gosh, we've been going a while now and um, it's been good discussion, but earlier we brought up this, this, this thing about whether or not we should talk to our students in class about these topics. Mm. And I've seen in a Facebook group, whether or not we should show the inauguration live on TV because there might be violence because we had an insurrection at the the Capitol last week and people are saying they're going to do something during the inauguration. And we can't talk about this because of politics. And we can't talk about this because the sky is blue. And I'm sorry. This idea, this notion that we can't talk about things is a cop out. It's a bunch of crap. I have a huge problem with this when, whether it's administrators or teachers say, well, we're not going to talk about that because we don't want to create that kind of controversy. Well, guess what? The controversy that's being created is happening because we're not talking about the dang issues. And because our our kids are not capable, I shouldn't say not capable, but they're not having meaningful conversations with people that they trust and having learning how to have normalized conversations with, with norms and it going right back to the thing that, that Hatfield shared um, two weeks ago about how to fight dirty and how to fight clean. Um, we're not having that happen at home and now we're not having it happen at school because if we do it at school, the parents at home get upset because you can't be talking to my kid about politics. Are you kidding me? No, (laughs) show the thing on TV. It's history. Have the discussion about the thing in class. It's a big deal. It's we have to to move past this idea that we can't talk about controversy because either a parent's going to get upset, a kid's going to get upset, another teacher's going to get upset, or the the, the public's going to get upset. We have to have these conversations. That doesn't mean we have to go in and say, kids, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. No, you can't do that. But gosh dang it, if, if, if you can't trust your teachers to talk to kids about real stuff, then why are we talking to them about all these other things? Why are we talking about anything in class? If it's not rainbows and sunshine, don't talk about it at school. Are you kidding me? No. Talk about it. Deal with it. Put context to it. Sorry. And that was your once every so often rant by Jason Rude. <laughs> Well, no, you're right. well, again, as long as as long as you're I mean, these these things have to be discussed. They have to. Yeah. be. And I know you guys um, are doing it. That's why I can say this here, because I know you guys are having those discussions and they're not easy, are there? They're, they're difficult discussions. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be it would be a lot more complicated if the students would talk back. <laughs> I get that. But, you know, you know, doing online teaching, it's kind of most of them, I think, are either out playing basketball when they think, you know, they're trying to, you know, trick me into thinking they're in the class. 
<laughs> so, I mean, and if there's any time that it's like, you know, we need, this is showing how important history is. Now is that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm but, in a different um, situation in that I'm in the classroom. So my kids are in front of me. So I've got, I've got a different situation from, from that aspect. And I guess I kind of want to look at it from, from that point of view, because hopefully we're not in virtual forever. And it doesn't matter if it's this topic or if it's any topic. I think we need to talk about these things in school. I yeah. mean, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, how could you, I mean, how could you not? It's not like, okay, this guy robbed a 7-Eleven. Right. You had thousands of people that broke into the Capitol building and were rifling through, you know, the desks. I mean, this kind of stuff, I mean, this is, it kind of feels like a Tom Clancy novel. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you have to, this is the kind of stuff that you have, you should talk about because especially yeah. if you're so, I mean, now, if, now granted, if you're teaching algebra, maybe this isn't the class to be bringing this up. Sure. But, but what if I the kid, what if the kids it, in your algebra it, class bring it up? What if that's what well, they're engaged in? Talk to your social studies teacher. <laughs> well, I, and, and I get that, but I mean, I, I am as much as I like to think that I, I do a good job. I, and I think I do usually. And as much as I, I can talk about these things with kids, sometimes certain groups of kids are more comfortable talking with somebody else about something like this than they are with me. And if that somebody else is prepared to have that conversation and to help bring context, you know, that doesn't have to be a piss and match for me. Go ahead and have the conversation. Tell me about it later on. Then I'll know if, if I need to, if I can develop a lesson later to expand on that. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean, it, you like, like anything, um, like any sort of conversation you have as an adult, you may have to talk about things you're uncomfortable with. Right. I mean, is that, what is that what we're talking about? Is it that people don't want to have uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations? I think so. That's terrifying. <laughs> I know. But I, 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 I really feel like based on what I'm seeing is, yeah, you've got teachers that are very nervous about having that conversation because they're very nervous about the ramifications. Nobody, myself included, nobody wants to get that email from a parent questioning what you did or calling you something that you don't want to be called. And so to avoid that, we just stay away from that. And so we don't talk I about what, go ahead. I, I don't have a problem with getting that email because I can totally defend everything that I do in my classroom. I, sure. I, I, I'm not, I'm not indoctrinating anybody. I'm not hmm. saying, you know, Trump is a horrible person. And I'm not saying I'm, you're saying that I'm right, saying that it, there's a great, I think there's a great number more teachers out there that are nervous about that than aren't nervous about that. You know, you know, um, I I actually took uh, a page out of the Ford's Theater uh, Teacher Institute that we that Mr. Hatfield and I did this past summer. Um, I went into my eighth grade U.S. history class. Um, it was the first time we'd seen each other since January sixth because we were virtual at that time, and I didn't have any live lessons scheduled with them. So we were back in the classroom this past Wednesday. And I walked in and I said, uh, okay, here are the ground rules, (laughs) you know, and I established like three or four things that I would not budge on. Right. That Mm -hmm. three or four things that were well established. Um, what happened with the destruction and the stealing and the, um, uh, you know, all the, you know, just the, the illegal things are wrong, flat out, full stop. The 
protest, the right to assembly, the having your voice being heard is okay. However, the moment you step across that line, that's when it gets bad. That's when you say, that's when you say, I don't agree with this because it's illegal. It's something you shouldn't be doing. Um, those were the ground rules. And we had a great conversation after that because those things were established, you know, clearly not choosing a side, Bingo. just saying protest is great. Protest is wonderful. Taking in the, whatever you want to do that. Great. Whatever. I support your right to do that. Um, standing out there with a sign, waving a flag. Great. Do it. The moment you destroy something, that's when you lose me personally. And that's when you lose the law because you're not allowed to do that. And that's where we started from. And we, we had, a, like I said, we had a great conversation about it um, with the understanding that there are rules, there are laws that you have to follow. That's all. But you also established norms in the classroom and you, you did it right. Sure. You oh, know? Sure. And, and that's the key is it, you got to stay grounded in fact. And you've got to have a set of norms so that everybody feels like they have their opportunity to be heard. Even sure. if they're, even if what they're saying is wrong. I mean, we can shut down st statements that are wrong or we can, you know, if there's something that's being clearly, um, you know, it, it's, it's not fact, I don't want to say fact check, but it's, it's not something that's necessarily accurate or hasn't been confirmed. We have the what ability. What do you mean? Like kids will be kids and say stupid stuff. What? Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And you guys, I mean, you guys know what I mean by that. So we have that, yeah. we've learned that ability to not just say that's wrong. We have the ability, we've learned the ability to say, well, you know, I've heard something about that. Let's, let's take a second and see if we can find some more information <laughs> to confirm or to, right. you know, and that's the thing is, and this is why I love these summer institutes. And I, obviously you guys had some of these skills from before, but like you said, you took this straight out of a summer institute from last summer with Fords, which yeah. I love, you know, I, ha I personally feel more prepared to talk about this stuff because I've got tools in my bag from these summer institutes. I, I'm not mm -hmm. afraid of that anymore. Um, and that's, so maybe, maybe this is just me saying, go to summer institutes if you're a teacher. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, you, you have to be prepared and you have to find ways to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I tell the kids that I say, we have to be comfortable, learn how to be comfortable with uncomfortable situations sure. and uncomfortable topics. And we, we have to be able to discuss them in a mature manner. Yes. Oh yes. So like, I mean, and that, and that's one of the first things that I try to talk to the kids is that we will hear each other's voices. Now you may disagree with them and you are well within your right to, mm -hmm. but you are not going to call anybody names. You're not going, you're going to refer, you're going to stick to the topic Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, oh, I disagree with that because of this. Or I don't think that that's correct because of this. But you're not going to go, oh, that's stupid. Right. Or you're mm -hmm. stupid or some. Because I think that we have effectively lost the ability to have a, a civil debate. Mm -hmm. Because I think um, one of the things I was listening this morning, um, they were talking about how um, – you know, whether you like Trump or whether you dislike Trump, Trump knew how to keep the spotlight on him oh, sure. for good or for ill. He knew that controversy sells and yeah. he did. It. Yep. Now, some, now, whether you whether or not you want to argue, well, is that a presidential thing to do? You can certainly do that. But um, 
he knew how to generate controversy. Now, was that better for America? I I would probably say no, because I think we have declined in our ability to have an, a discussion where we disagree with each other. Sure. And that's one of the things. So regardless of what it is that we're going to talk about in class, um, even if you want to say, I don't like Trump in class or whatever. OK, that's fine. That is your opinion. You can say it, but you're going to keep it at a mature level. You're not going right. to call him any of these whatever names. And it's difficult to maintain that when you had the leader of the country engaging in that kind of behavior. This is where our work in the Ford's Theater National Oratory Fellowship, and I know I'm plugging them right there, but um, comes in big. Uh, we, we deal with Aristotle's rhetorical triangle. Are you guys familiar with the rhetorical triangle? Okay, and so you've yeah, got uh, I think so, yeah. So you've got ethos, pathos, and logos. And I always say that we have uh, not uh, too much ethos. No, too much pathos. Uh, not enough eth. Or excuse me, too much pathos. Not enough logos, and absolutely no uh, ethos. And let me back up. Wow, that's <laughs> too much fantastic. pathos. Not enough logos, you, and you, you no were with the oratory ethos. program. That's yes. giving speeches, right? I'm just yes. make sure. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. The, it's the, the, the three sides of the triangle go like this. Pathos is the emotional connection with your audience. And right now, sure. every argument that gets made is made based on an emo, trying to make an emotional draw and trying to, to literally draw feeling from your audience. Um, you look at the memes that are out there, they're extreme. Why? Because you're trying to evoke emotion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Full on pathos like this. Is called propaganda. Yeah. Logos is the logic to an argument. I say there's not enough logic because we're not, and that includes like the factual stuff behind your, what you're trying to prove. So you have to have something to prove what you're saying. Um, facts, um, data, whatever, you know, reasoned argument. And then ethos is credibility. And I say there's no ethos out there because nobody's got credibility anymore. Because everybody has a platform about every topic, regardless of whether they know what they're talking about or not. Hmm. So that, that's my big joke. Too much pathos, not enough logos, and nobody has any ethos. And we're not even talking about Phobos and Demos. I know, I know. <laughs> those, those are the... Um... Never mind. It's no, the chair. The never mind. It's the Greek stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I mean, but that's that's my big issue is that everything has become an emotional argument and an emotional plea and something that's meant to evoke emotional responses rather than focusing on reason and thought and fact. Are you saying that facts don't care about your feelings? Sure. However you want to say it, I guess. Okay. okay. Just hey, whatever you got to do to sleep. Facts <laughs> are stubborn things. Yes, they are. I <laughs> have brought that up uh, today, as a matter of fact. Oh, by the way, I wanted to quickly say you were talking about Hoover earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know who his vice president was without Googling? No, not off the top of my head. No. I'm sure it's some North Carolina was, guy. No, he was the first and so far only Native American vice president. 
Yeah. You'd think I would know that, considering Hoover's from... Charles Curtis. Really? Hmm. Yeah, Charles Curtis. So, um, yeah, he uh, they had a little piece on him on uh, uh, CBS Sunday morning. Well, outstanding. So, Very nice. The more you know. Da, 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 da. Well, I feel bad, because I, I should have known that one. Um, Hoover's presidential library, I, I drove within... 20 minutes of it today on my way to see Brian Geldmacher. But of course, um, but it's in Iowa. It's just East of Iowa city in West branch. Um, I actually am pretty good friends with the, well, pretty good acquaintances. We'll say with the educational director there, Liz Denchel. I don't know if you listen, Liz, but shout out to you. Um, so there we go. We can have a, a history bros road trip to West branch, Iowa, and Liz mm. will take care of us. Yeah. So, um, n- not to hop back on track, but um, the full quote that I, I've used, um, and I actually used it today uh, because someone was trying to argue about the effectiveness of masks. And um, John Adams, quote, facts are stubborn things, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state's effects and evidence. Who's John Adams? I don't know. It's Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Adams' son. What 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 gives him credibility on this? I mean, I'd like to know what his ethos is. Oh boy, I'm kidding. What his what is his ethos? What makes him credible? What's his ethos? Well, I'm trying to. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Like his dietary habits? I don't know. <laughs> Why would that be something that you need to know? I don't understand. You know, if you could have, like, if you could sell some sort of cheese credibility, then you could call it (laughs) Cheethos. Boy, that was bad. That was really bad. Yeah, no. no. One would think that the actor would be familiar with this stuff and not want to traipse all over the grave of, of Aristotle, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm the one, and you're going. Look, okay, so ethos is wait, no, no, that's pizza. No, it's pathos. No, no, it's not that one. Um, that's a small woodland animal. You know, yeah, yeah. You're going to give. I'm the jerk here. You know? <laughs> oh, Hatfield, I love you. Sometimes, <laughs> you not enough to to meet me to you know. Bring you a truck stop to, at a truck stop to give me <laughs> fifty pounds of pork, but okay, whatever, you know. You're right. I will have to figure. Uh, you realize you just challenged me to a. Oh boy. Me? No, I didn't challenge you. Oh, but I, th- I think you did. Oh gosh. <laughs> The, the plane tickets are being purchased as we speak. No, no, I got to drive if I'm bringing pork. <laughs> they charge you extra oh, for, no. for baggage. No, yeah, just put in a, like a bag with some uh, ice packs in it. Should be fine. I mean, yeah, a couple okay. of Ziplocs and a you know a Ziploc bag full of ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to pretend that Iowa has ice packs, but you know, whatever. <laughs> No one likes you. <laughs> You've got there was snow on the ground today. I saw the pictures. Yes, there was. There's snow on the ground right now. Yeah, we got we got hit pretty hard over the weekend. Well, no, uh, Thursday night into Friday. So we were we were late started on on Friday. So 
Got to sleep a little later, which was good because I needed it. But anyway, um, I feel like our conversation is winding down, even though I've got at least two more topics that we could talk about. We can either save them for next time or save them for a future one if you want. Or we can go now if you want. What do you guys want to do? Crickets. Um, well, I would um, I would like to pose um, one question. Uh, oh, oh. Um, okay. Just a, in kind of returning to what we've been talking about. Do you think what sort of changes – do you think the events that took place um, a week ago will have on society in terms of visiting the Capitol in terms Mm. of uh, government in terms of um, protest in terms of that kind of stuff? What sort of changes, what sort of impacts do you think it'll have on our society? I'll field this one first. (laughs) The White House, to get a tour of the White House, you must go through your congressional leader, your uh, congressperson. You have to submit information three at minimum three weeks in advance, usually more. You have to go through a full background check where the Secret Service does a background check on you. You go through a uh, – uh, you get assigned times. You can't just go when you want to. The security to get into the White House, the security check includes a metal detector and a body scanner. Last time I was there, um, among other things. And I, they've got to usually have a dog or two sitting right there uh, sniffing everything as well. I fear, I fear that the Capitol will turn into that. And it will become a situation where going to the Capitol is no longer a convenient part of a family trip and a necessary part of a family trip going to Washington, D.C., it will become a hassle unless you really want to see it. Um, And that's unfortunate because there are kids who have gone to the Capitol and have been inspired by what they've seen there, whether it means they become politically active, whether it means um, they, you know, see the artwork and they're inspired by that or, or whatever it is. But I think it's important for kids to see the inside of that building. And I fear, I don't know if it will happen, but I fear that access to that building is going to become extremely limited and become much more like the White House where getting into it is a pain in the butt to the point where a lot of people don't even try for White House tours because you got to go through a lot of hoops to get into the building. Hmm. Well, obviously not. Um... What's that? You break some windows and then just kind of at the White House. The oh, the White House. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, at the Capitol. <laughs> and, and again, and I go back. I, I you know I listened. So I had time to drive today. I had time to listen to our, our episode. You know, we, we talk about the the Capitol being woefully unprepared for what happened. And again, I, I I say you're you're usually with security. You're thinking in terms of of the. Uh, um, the person who wants to bring a bomb or a gun into the Capitol, you know, or the small group of, of one or two people that are going to try to do that. You're not thinking about the, the mob of 20,000 people. And if they had thought about that, they probably said, well, first off, it's not going to happen. Secondly, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. You know, um, so what happens when security just becomes keep everybody out? Okay. Um, I think, unfortunately, 
I mean, again, the cynic in me says if they decide to keep everybody out, uh, the people don't care. What do you mean? Like they'll do, they'll break in anyway. Like or it's, they... uh, it's, no, no, no. Like it's no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Um, like oh, it, it's too tough. We just we just won't go. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, and it'll just be a thing that oh, you can't go there anymore. Ah, oh well. And I say that because access to the Capitol used to be through your congressional person, and it wasn't difficult to get access. All you had to do was was contact your congressman, congresswoman, um, or, or senator, and they would get you in. And you can still do that, and that's the best tour to take because you get to go and see more stuff. But for those that don't want to set that up but still want to see the Capitol, they made it easier. They've got the Capitol Visitor Center on the east side, which – when we first started seeing those those pictures of the of the riot going on, they were filming mainly from the east side, which is the side that they don't do the inauguration from. They were mm-hmm. standing on top of the visitor center. Now, I don't mean like, oh, they climbed up on top of it, but I mean it's underground on that side. There's a big walkway that goes down into the ground underneath. Um, uh, and then you come in basically into the basement of the Capitol building. Um, right. And then when you looked, okay, even better, when you look at pictures of those guardsmen from this week, when they were showing the picture of all the, the National Guardsmen, mm-hmm. they were all in the visitor center. That's where, they, where they're all laying down and whatnot. That's where they were. I've been in that, in that, that chamber 30 times, and um, it's, that's, that's exactly where they were. It, it, mm. Yeah, sorry, I, I jumped in again. It's okay. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. Is that what you were looking for, Hatfield? Like our thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I don't. It was an open-ended question. Sure. I, I don't have an answer. Um. Um. What was the other? I was going to joke and say. I was going to joke and say that you know it's just like the English burning the capital in eighteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, but no, it's not quite that bad. But um, because, you know, it's all it, it always helps the matter to go to the extreme version of whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've never experienced anything like this. I dare say that over the past four years, there's been a lot of things that have happened without precedent. Yeah. And as a historian, it's been very exciting. As a historian, it's also been very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think that it's, I mean, I don't, I think it may, I mean, the security was bad enough, even if you do have a pass to get into like the galleries. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I had to, I had to keep taking my belt off going through the, the, the metal detectors because my buckle would go off. Yeah. Getting into the galleries, (laughs) getting into the galleries was tough. Uh, yeah. Get, um, well, get, for us, I mean, if you just if you just bust in, you know, and whatever, then it's you know kind of pretty simple. But, no, um, right. But I mean, getting into the so the gallery itself has its own set of security. Whereas if you go, so first off, if you go through the visitor center, unless you've already gone through your congressional office to get a gallery pass, you can't even go to the gallery. Mm. Uh, and that was from before. But then the gallery has its own separate set of security, and they won't let you take it. Like, you have to check your cell phone and everything. Um, I don't even think you can take a wallet in there, if I remember right, uh, the last time I went there. I mean, it's it's much more secure. 
And that's to, mm-hmm. to be up in, of course, we're talking about what I would describe as the bleacher seats up above the gallery, <laughs> you know, when up you're in the, the mezzanine, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's really, you know, with the sports politics, it's too bad we can't take pennants up there and be, you know, start doing cheers, but, um, they're very dignified. No, they're, they're very strict up there. And there's a, I mean, there's multiple ushers up there and you don't just go up there and pick your seat. They tell you where you're going to sit. They run you in there. Um, and then as people, you can stay as long as you want, but then as people leave, um, I mean, you're, they're, they're all over you about, you know, being quiet and, and not causing a stir or causing a problem, you know? Right. Um, but it's, it's not the same level of security that you have to go through just to get into the building. And if you do come from the congressional offices through the tunnel, security there is a little bit more intense than the security. If you go through the visitor center. And if you're asking how I know this, I've done it a few times. Not to glow. Right. <laughs> well, I just wanted to just kind of throw that out there as like a hey, you know, what do you guys think? And you but know, I, just as a like a little open ended stuff. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't. We're not going to know for a while yet. So, and I've thought about that myself. I mean, I've got like I'm not leading my trip anymore, but I've got kids going out there, and I cannot wait if they can even get into the Capitol building because of COVID. I mean, that was that was the first thing you couldn't get in because of COVID. But <laughs> you know, maybe this is the thing that that shuts it down even worse. You know, so I, I look forward to hearing from our people that are going to travel and find out what it's like. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a legit question that you asked at uh, Hatfield. Of course it was. Because I, I you asked it, right, yeah. Right, right. Goodness <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> gracious. Oh, wow. I just, yeah, had to. I can't just let it go. Can't let something serious happen for too long without being a jerk. So. <laughs> Well, you know. It, well, um, I think uh, you know we've covered some. We could still just continue to just talk about this because we're far from this being over. But, uh, um, but I think uh, we should maybe save it for another day. Sure. Yeah, I think we can do that. I think we can do that. Okay. Well. Um, as usual, uh, thank you gentlemen for, um, yes. um, I know that you guys are getting sick of each other cause you guys see each other so much, but at least it was <laughs> nice for me to talk to you guys. Well, we will. Yeah. We like you too. We, we to, to be fair, when we got together, all we did was talked about you. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> um, rude. I don't know if you heard that, but, um, he's calling you a liar. And in yes, fact, I, yes, I, I, I think Brian's a liar because mm, nope. I think you guys were talking about me. Yeah. And I understand. You awkward keep on thinking endings, that. endings. <laughs> you blame me for awkward endings. And <laughs> the plane. For the History Bros, my name is Jason Rude, and joined by Brian Geldmacher and that other guy, Jason Hatfield. Good Who to never talk gets to-, to meet up. I know. <laughs> We uh, hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back with more one week from now, we think. Now we'll be back. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Peace out. Deuces.